Welcome, 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 uh, Godfather and Gorney. Uh, we're going to jump right into it here. We're going to jump into recruiting. Quinn Ewers commits to Ohio State. This was expected a few weeks ago, but this is kind of big news. Um, Brian Day gets his guy, and more importantly, Texas loses their guy. Um, and the state of Texas, as we've seen with Jeffrey Okuda, Baron Browning, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Garrett Wilson isn't really Texas because he was from Columbus, but you know, Ohio State's probably the biggest threat in the state of Texas. But what do you think of yours? Yeah, it's incredible what they've done down there. And he decommitted from Texas, but it, it became pretty clear he decommitted from Texas to go to Ohio State. And it's uh, it's another incredible uh, commitment for them. And I said this the other night on Twitter, and you didn't respond, but um, Ohio State is recruiting at a, at a pace um, probably better than – you know, anybody other than Clemson in the ACC in terms of just dominating the conference. You know, Penn State gets some guys, Michigan gets some guys, but Ohio State is going everywhere to get anybody they want. And this 2022 class is loading up pretty fast. And they got Ewers, and Ewers is going to be a very good quarterback, I think, in that system. He'll be kind of the next guy up. Um, you know, not after Justin Fields. I think C.J. Stroud is – probably the future there in terms of the long, you know, the two or three years, I think he's very, very talented. And then, and then Ewers steps in. So their quarterback situation is solved for the, for the time being, but getting Caleb Burton just a couple of days after that, yeah. um, it's huge. And you think, uh, are you saying Jack Miller and Kyle McCord should just transfer now? I'm saying that Jack Miller is going to have a very challenging time. there winning the starting job. I think he's a good quarterback. Kyle McCord's going to be interesting. Um, because Stroud is sort of like Fields. Um, he has that, you know, the, he can throw it, the release, the, he can run when needed. Um, McCord is more of a pro-style guy, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. But quarterback is not going to be a problem at Ohio State for a long time. But Burton committing days after is not a surprise, and they're going to be able to go back into Texas and get other guys because other guys are going to want to play with yours. So here, here's their recruiting class for 2022 so far. Nine commitments, 4.11 average star rating, uh, which would be a record. I don't believe anybody's ever gotten that high. I think USC maybe one year was over uh, 4.05. But, um, you know, you've got Ewers as a five-star, C.J. Hicks as a five-star. Uh, I think Deshaun McCullough will eventually be a five-star, 6'4", yep. 215 linebacker at Kansas. I think Gabe Powers – will eventually be a five-star. He's growing, you know, into sort of a, a hybrid. Uh, so he could end up as a defensive end, and we'll see. Caleb Burton, I don't know if he's a five-star. Um, he's very, very good. He's ranked 29th now, but this class is is a little ridiculous. So let's segue into Michigan, class of 22. Let me pull that up. Hold on. Okay, they got three. Shut up. Oh, Mike. Oh, come on. So they got three commitments. Uh, they got a three-star tight end from Georgia, a four-star linebacker from Massachusetts, and he's overrated, um, and a, a four-star defensive tackle from Michigan. So my point is this, as you mentioned, as, as, as they continue to go into Texas and, uh, you know, they're, they're getting kids, elite kids in the Midwest, they're getting kids in Florida, they're getting kids all over the map in, in, in California, everywhere. You know, this class for Michigan in the 2021 class, you know, there's some good kids from California if they can hold on to them. Xavier Worthy's visiting Alabama, so that's always troublesome. But 
you know, Worthy and, and Christian Dixon have become very tight and their parents have become very tight. Um, yeah. So I think it would be, I'm not sure if, if Worthy would leave Dixon. Now Dixon, if, if Worthy left, Dixon might stay out West, but I, I'm not sure how big a threat that is. Um, Somerville out of Arizona is average to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you got Connecticut, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Yeah, but you do have J.J. McCarthy from, you know, who's originally from Illinois down there. Massachusetts, so they, New Jersey. I, I, you know, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Um, you know, the, this, the state of Michigan itself is loaded this year. And you, you look at the, um, yeah, the state yeah, rankings um, and, and you just see teams that, I guess, have a better chance of winning a national title. Um and I think that's the problem for Michigan. I mean, Damon Payne's going to Alabama. Rocco yeah, Spindler's yeah. going to Notre Dame. Um, Garrett Dellinger's going to LSU. Justin uh, Rogers went to Kentucky last year, yeah. Yeah, well, and they're not in the national championship discussion. But Alabama, Notre Dame, LSU, yeah. <clears throat> you know, certainly better opportunity to win a national title. So as Ohio State gets better, and this is just the start of their 2022 run, um, you know, they could get uh, Amani Winfield out of Texas. Um, you know, they're in it for Donovan Jackson. Uh, there's a there's a ton of kids, highly rated Will Johnson, that are in the 2022 class that are interested in Ohio State and couldn't end up there. So they, as you said, they're recruiting at a high level. They could finish first, and and no northern team has ever finished first in our recruiting rating. So. And don't forget Damani Jackson, who grew up a, a you know, down who the road. Who did I say? Well, that's what I meant. Did I say so Donovan Jackson? You said Donovan. They already got Donovan Jackson. Yeah. So I meant Damani for 2022. And Donovan, they already got from Texas as a five-star for. So it's just ridiculous. You know, again, yeah, it it, is. It, it's Ryan Day is as good as Urban Meyer as a recruiter and maybe a better coach. And that's what's dangerous. Well, that's what, that's what I said when this happened. And I'm not tooting my own horn here because I hate people who do that. But it was almost like the Ryan, Ryan Day gave a refresh to Ohio State a little bit. Urban had maxed it out. He had done everything well. But Ryan Day has taken recruit, even recruiting to another level, I think. I think the, the guys they're getting fit the system perfectly. Um, I think it's a perfect situation for him. Um, he's going he's gonna to run up scores because he wants to do that when possible if his defense is any good. I'm not sure their defense is all that good. No, I don't think so. Um, and so I, I think recruiting is going to go well. Texas is going to go well. Getting those two twenty-two kids from Texas in the class early is only going to be a snowball effect down there. And they are recruiting at a different level. Here's the problem, though. Urban Meyer won a national championship at Ohio State. So that's, that's where the bar is set. And, you know, Day needs to do that. And, you know, I have no doubts he can. But I don't know if he will uh, because – You've still got your Alabamas, Clemsons, and, you know, your Southern powerhouses of the world. I mean, someone could crop up like LSU did last year with a super team, um, and you just don't know who it's going to be yeah. in a couple of years. Uh, Florida could be that team, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, recruiting is going very well, though. If you're an Ohio State fan, you have to be very happy. If you're a Michigan fan and you see this happening, you're, you're like, you know, first of all, our team stinks. And, yeah. our, you know, what are you doing, coach? Like, how, you know, for every four star we get, they're getting a five, you know, for every three star we take, and some of them work out, you know, Quiddy Pay and, and guys like that. But, uh, you know, they're taking a four. This, the gap there is, 
increasing, as you mentioned. I mean, it's it, right now it's it's the biggest gap is is Clemson to the rest of the ACC, and the second biggest is Ohio State to the rest of the Big Ten because at least Oklahoma and Texas are in the same stratosphere. Um, the SEC is very competitive, yeah. and then you know the Pac-12. You got Oregon and USC, so. You know, it's getting ugly up there in Big Ten country. So, speaking of someone who's not going to Big Ten country, but, you know, give me a little bit on Corey Foreman. Uh, I know you don't want to give everything out because we got we got an interview with Corey exclusive coming out as well around the same time. But what what's new? Yeah, so it's actually gotten more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I sat down with him today, or I'm sorry, Tuesday, whenever this runs. It was Tuesday afternoon. We sat down at Winter Circle where he trains. And I'm going to tell you something. But you physically went there? I physically went there. I was masked and we were socially distanced. Wow. Just to make sure every protocol was taken care of. If Gavin Newsom is listening, everything was good for safe. you. All right. So, so what, what do you, what'd you learn? There is a new team involved here and it's Arizona state. Huh. And I think Arizona state is playing a big role because he would be able to stay close to home. Yep. And all that NFL experience on the staff from Herm Edwards to Marvin Lewis to Antonio Pierce on down the line is making a run here. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get him. I was not told where he's going. He's going to sign on signing day, but then the all American bowl is having like a, you know, for the yeah. kids that we're going to announce at the all American bowl, he's waiting until January 2nd to announce where he was going. Secret so signing. Secret signing, a uh, uh, top secret clearance. Well, we're going to know. We're going to find out. I think Arizona State and USC look best. What about Oregon? And out? Where? Oregon? Oregon's gone. LSU? He's visiting Clemson again this weekend. Oh, he is. Okay. And what about He'll LSU? He'll be back at Clemson. So Clemson is in it. LSU is in it. Georgia is in it. ASU and USC probably are have the slight lead right now. Alabama? Alabama's out. Only those five. So Corey okay. has had a history of going to a school, visiting there, and then falling in love with it. He visited Clemson twice, committed, decommitted, went to Georgia, loved it, wanted to commit, hold, held off. Went to LSU, loved it, and wanted to commit, held off. And now it looks like that holding off phase, but he'll be back at Clemson. Right. So, that, so that's he'll an interesting take. be back on the Clemson. So he's going to Clemson. No, I, see, I don't think so. I think he stays out west now. When's he going to visit um, Arizona State? He has been to Arizona State multiple times over the last month. Okay. So, he, and USC, of course, he's been to recently as well. Yeah. So, are we assuming Clemson's getting the last visit here? I, that would be my assumption because it is already late November. He'll be there for Thanksgiving weekend. And then he has two weekends before signing day. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he takes any visits to like Georgia or LSU. I think if anything, he would stay and go to ASU or USC one final time before he signs and then keeps it secret for 16 more days. Is he an early enrollee? He is not an early enrollee. Why sign in December? Uh, interesting. That's an interesting question. And, and, and I don't really know. The situation is that he wants to sign and get it over with then possibly play a senior season if there is one so and then enroll later. Okay. So there won't be one, but that's okay. Um, yeah. yeah. The chances of that are, are as likely as, as me running a triathlon or swimming 
or bike. You don't run a triathlon. There's yeah, you run things. part of it. You swim and then you bike. But yeah, any part of that, like that, that there's the same chance. So, so again, Clemson's going to possibly get the last visit here. Did the did the name Mason Smith come up in your conversation? Of course, Mason and he are close friends. Now he's not looking at he's not looking at Arizona State, Mason Smith, or is he? No, I don't believe he is. But Georgia LSU. I think Georgia and LSU. Not USC? I don't think so. It wasn't in his top group, and I just don't see that happening. So they're not going to go to school together, most likely. So if they were to go to school together, it would almost certainly be LSU. Right, because Clemson's not involved with Mason Smith. Not really. Corey Foreman wants to play with him, but it's not make or break. Right. And and we all knew it never was. I mean, they're not. But but if possible, if it could happen, then – Great. Then they'd be more than happy to do it. Of course, yeah, but they're not. Listen, they're not related. They're, you know. So I mean, it, the whole package deal thing with your friend is great, but we'll see. Rarely exactly. works out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and we'll see if Mason Smith ends up at LSU as we expect. Um, a lot of people keeping an eye on potential sanctions at LSU. I've I've heard so. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, what else happened in recruit? That's about it, right? Recruiting wise. Well, South Carolina is losing a lot of guys, if you want to talk about Yeah, that. we expected that. But these, this is not a great class, so I don't think you're really worried. If I'm a South Carolina fan, I'm not worried about losing this class. I mean, there were two four-stars in it, a bunch of threes. Yeah. yeah Bryce Steele's a, a nice player. I don't know where he's going to end up. Um, you know, there's only a few players in this class that I would really, really worry about. Yeah. If I were South Carolina. Uh, and I'll give you those names right now. Trenelius Tatum. Hmm. Hold on. I got my guy in mind, but I can't remember him because it's ridiculous. Let me scroll way down to South Carolina's recruiting class. Where are you? Where are you? Where? 50th, I think. Where are you? Where are you? You know, if you hit control F or something, it comes right up. No, I like it this way. Oh, okay. Where the hell are they? I think they're 50th. They seem to be missing. They could be lower because of these D commits. I know, but they can't be this low. All right. Do you you want me to find it for you? Yeah, please. Please do. All right. What was it? Control what to search? Command F is find. I don't have command. I'm on a PC. Oh, God. They are... Mike, they're your favorite number, number 69 in the country. 69! There they are. 12 commitments. That's why they're so low, because they're losing so many. But, yeah, so they still got, you know, Tatum and, and, and Gauthier in the class. And, I mean, yeah, Trinillus Tatum's a good player, certainly. He's their best player in this class. Maybe second best. I mean, George Wilson out of Virginia Beach is the one I was thinking of that I couldn't come up with, that everybody kind of wants. Auburn wants them, North Carolina wants them, a bunch of different schools. I, I don't think they can afford to lose him or Tatum, but everybody else, this is a rebuild class. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's going to finish horribly. They're going to probably take small numbers and not really worried about that. So yeah, South Carolina is bleeding badly, but you expected that. But you know, what's interesting is I was, I was on full ride today with um, Childers, Chris Childers and, and Rick Neuheisel and you know, Neuhausel was saying that he didn't expect anybody to be fired in COVID. And, and that's the second former coach I've heard that say, Gene Chizik said the same thing. And we were wondering if South Carolina just 
maybe overreacted? Because who else do you think is going to get fired this year? Well, uh, I think Tom Herman has a possibility of getting fired. Yeah, I, I think they're going to hold on to him now. I do. Uh, I think the pat the worst is past. You know, if he lost Oklahoma State that weekend, uh, Newhazel says if he loses this weekend to Iowa State, then he's going to be fired. But okay, there's one. I mean, Harbaugh would be a a a, a parting of ways. Wouldn't be a firing. It would be a, a a parting of ways. Clay Helton's three and zero, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start now that they actually beat a team and and looked okay. I'm gonna start yeah. going on the Clay Helton bandwagon now i'm all in i think Derek mason has a chance a very good chance of being fired they're pretty horrible they are very but, they, but you know they played florida a little bit tougher than people expected they played kentucky tough they're vanderbilt i mean really is this the year to fire a coach from vanderbilt uh i don't Fuente know day is on the hot seat but i don't think they'll fire him either so it could be will muschamp alone as the as the sole fire, which would be weird, obviously. That would be weird, but I mean, you sort of know what you're getting with Will Muschamp, right? You're getting a lot of seven and six and six and seven and eight and eight and four seasons. Will that ever change? Will that ever change with anybody at South Carolina? That's the real question. Yes, yes, it will because it did under Lou Holtz. Because I, I you know, that it, when he took over that program, they were really, really bad. Yeah, And Lou Holtz brought them to some New Year's Bowls, which they hadn't been to, I don't know if it was ever. And that was exciting. And Steve Spurrier obviously won the SEC East once. Um, so if you're getting two of the greatest coaches in the history of the game, then... Yeah, well, okay, so let's think of somebody who's retired that's a great coach that we could bring back and, and put Bob on South Carolina. Who? Bob Stoops. He could go to Myrtle Beach every weekend. Perfect. I was looking at, and again, Jeremy Pruitt's under fire too, but I don't think he's yeah. going to be fired. I was looking at the uh, the potential replacement list for Tennessee, and, and every year that they have a coaching search, it, it always gives me a little chuckle yeah. to, to look at the list. And, you know, at the top of the list, of course, it wasn't Ju John Gruden this time because he's got a job. Um, Bob Stoops was at the top. Oh, right, yes. Bob and then uh, Joe Brady, you know, would drop everything and go right to Tennessee. And right. uh, Urban. Urban Meyer, you know. I Maybe saw, a little inflated sense of self in Knoxville, do you think? Saw something. Well, I wrote that today, and nobody reads it, obviously, because I ain't getting hate, but I wrote the five programs that need to change their expectations. Uh, and I believe it was Nebraska. It was definitely Nebraska, Tennessee, Michigan, uh, Miami, and I forget who the fifth was. But, you know, it, you're not – you're not – T. Martin's not there anymore. Philip Fulmer is not there anymore. And you got to remember when they were good, who sucked? Georgia. Yeah. Alabama. Yeah. You know, Florida was good, but it wasn't the same SEC as you see now. So, yeah, overinflated. Um, but just think about this, though, Mike. If you're going to get John Gruden or Urban Meyer there, since 2008, so since these kids that are on the team now were, you know, six years old or so, Eight losing seasons, no 10-win seasons. In that time, Northwestern has had three 10-win seasons. Yeah, yeah. And here's the other thing, too, is like, okay, so so a team like Michigan, where's my three-point stand? Already falling off the page. We have so much content, we can't even keep your three-point stand. We really do. 
I mean, that should be on top forever. So Nebraska last won. I mean, they were in the last in the title game, I think in 2000. So every recruit now was not born. Not born. Tennessee, why did they edit this? Okay, so Tennessee last won a national championship when none of these recruits were born. Um, at Michigan, 1997, nobody born. Yep. Miami, 2001 or 2000, nobody born. And Notre Dame, 19, 1988. Notre Dame was the other one, too. Uh, nobody born. And but at least they've seen Notre Dame in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, they, they got crushed, and they got crushed by Alabama in the title game, too. But fans yeah. at Notre Dame are still like, Brian Kelly sucks because you can't win the big game. I'm like, he brought you to the national championship game. Yes, you got thumped um, by an amazing Alabama team. He brought you to the playoffs. Yes, you got thumped. Of course you were going to get thumped. Right. Um, you know, but they complain about them. And so my point is a 10-win season and playoff berth is what you want every few years at Notre Dame, and that's what he's bringing you. So stop complaining and thinking this is Lou Holtz in 1988. It's right. not. Everything's changed. And this is not your old Nebraska. You know, I mean, Bo Pelini was 67 and 27 at Nebraska. Yeah. And, and, and people wanted him out. Gone. Frank so, Solich. I mean, he, Frank Solich was fantastic. That wasn't fantastic, but he was better than what they've got now. Yes. Um, you know, and, and Philip Fulmer is, you know, he's no longer the head coach and, and things change and recruiting has gone, you know, national and global and all this other fun stuff. So, and Michigan, you know, listen, 15 of the last 16 head-to-head -head battles against, against Ohio State, they've lost. Lost. So give yeah. up. You're not going to be at Ohio State. You might as well be – Maryland and Rutgers and say, oh, well, we know we're not going to win the division ever, you know, but at Michigan, nine wins and a loss to Ohio State would be nice, right? Not for Michigan people. But I don't understand. See, this one, I understand. Eventually, the people who experience these things are going to die. Will the expectations be passed on to their children? Like, we're 20 plus <laughs> years removed from some of these power programs. Yeah, so think about this, like recruits today have seen Michigan in their lives. So when they're, you know, cognizant of what's going on, have, have seen Ohio State completely dominate Michigan. It's not a rivalry. It's only no. a rivalry because no. they put it on Fox or, ES, or, you know, ABC or something and say it's a rivalry. A rivalry means that Sometimes I win and sometimes you win and we battle back and forth. Okay, you hate each other. I get it. You call each other schools' names and cheaters right. and everything else. Fine. Ohio State goes out every year and wins. That's how it is. That's the reality of that rivalry. Yep. yep. So when does it change? Is it another 20 years of losing and then that generation's gone and the last people who have experienced a Michigan title game are 20 years older, like you're 40 years removed? Then will it change? Will Michigan be a blue blood if this continues for the next 20 years? I think it's a larger conversation because there are much more stringent academic requirements at Michigan. I think that's a part of it. Why has Notre Dame not won a national championship since 1988? Because it's harder to – Yeah. why is Stanford? Why hasn't Duke? Why hasn't yeah, anybody ever come don't up? Don't lump Michigan in there, man. Don't lump Michigan into Notre Dame and Duke and Stanford. Don't. Mm, I don't know. They don't have to – don't. They can still recruit kids that those schools cannot, period. Oh, that's true, too. They want to think that they're Ivy League. They're not. 
They're good yeah. academic school, just like North Carolina. But guess what? North Carolina, as we've learned, at least for a good four or five years, was filled with a bunch of dummies <laughs> that were not Rhodes Scholars. Right. right. You know, right. we've got their papers written for them and all that other stuff. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, Stanford, Notre Dame, Duke, Northwestern. Uh, the Pennsylvania State University. No, no. That's a great school. It's, you're crazy. They take kids that could, I mean, they have no, they're minimum qualifying. That's it. They, 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 minimum qualifiers can get in. I they know can't get in at Stanford me. and Duke. You don't know what a minimum, minimum qualifier is? Yes. Okay, so it's, you know, like the, the, the lowest SAT versus sliding scale. That GPA. you can get, yeah. Yeah, they can take Credits. those kids. Notre Dame can't. No. There has to go to a, an academic committee. Boston College, right up the road. Of course, I'm in Connecticut. It's not right up the road. Same thing. Like any kids, they can't take JUCOs. And I know, I know Penn State doesn't take JUCOs often, but they can. Uh, Michigan can, right? I don't know. I don't think they can. Michigan never takes JUCOs, but I'm still saying Notre Dame and those guys, when, when there's a kid that's iffy academically, they have to go to a specific committee and, and, you know, determine whether he's academically fit for their schools. Michigan doesn't have that. So I'm not using that excuse. That's not, Michigan can still recruit with everybody else. They can offer the same kids that Alabama can offer or Ohio State can offer. Yeah. Um, I've never heard ever a kid say, ah, I got an Ohio State offer, but Michigan couldn't offer because academics. Never have I heard that. So here are my flip side teams, ready? Teams that should demand greatness, should be standing up on the table, ticked off, saying, what the hell are we doing? Ready? Okay. You didn't read this, did you? This was gold. I, I was busy doing other things. This I morning. mean, it's buried on the front page of rivals.com, but Georgia, they haven't won since 1980. That's inexcusable. It's ridiculous. Now that the talent has improved in Georgia so much, uh, that is the biggest running joke, I think, in college football that they haven't won a national championship. Okay. Texas, as you mentioned, yeah. one ten win season in the last decade, right? Yes. And that's yes. Tom Herman, you know, uh, and they the last fire. Yeah. Well, and Colt McCoy was the last quarterback drafted and that was a hundred years ago. Right. Um, but it's the state of Texas. They're also number one every time when you're talking about the rich programs and the, 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 the money revenue makers, yes. you know, yes. so there's no excuse. Texas should win a national championship at least once a decade, maybe twice, especially yes. being in the big 12 with 10 teams. So there's right. Texas, Florida state, utter embarrassment. Now they won last in 2014, but where they've gone to 2020 is so embarrassing. Uh, they should always be, up there with Clemson, giving them a run for the money in the division, and the winner of that division, you know, goes on and beats whoever, you know, Miami, North Carolina, but some of those schools that shouldn't have high expectations, and and you know, potentially playoff. But Florida State, this is this is unacceptable. Penn State. Now, why did I put Michigan should lower their expectations, but Penn State should raise theirs? Why would I do that, Corny? It's a good question, Mike. Well, I'm going to answer it for you because it is a really good question. Penn State has a much more fertile and less competitive recruiting territory than Michigan. By far, not even close. 
Did you say a fertile recruiting territory? They're fertile. in the middle of Pennsylvania. It's three hours to Philly. Doesn't matter. They've got the, the state of Pennsylvania, right? Which has east and west. The Whippeal's yeah. not the same. Philly's not the same, but there's still a ton of talent there, right? Yeah. A ton. And they get very little of it. As a year like this where there's talent and then the next three years won't have talent. Right. They're bordering New Jersey, which is a joke, right? Yes. Okay. You can go in there and get anybody you want. They're bordering Yeah, imagine Maryland. if like DeAndre Swift and Rashawn Gary and all Hold of on. those. They're bordering Maryland. Joke. New England. Joke. You know, they can get any kids they want there. And, and they're close to Virginia, too, which has nobody they can recruit. Michigan, on the mean, in the meantime, is bordering what? I, I'm really bad. Are they bordering Minnesota or Wisconsin? Wisconsin, right? <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know. They are bordering. They're really? not really bordering Wisconsin. They're sort of bordering a lake and Indiana. You, you had to look it up, though. Who's on the left of them? Uh, a great lake. There's a state there, too. Uh, not really. I mean, sort of. But You're going to make me pull up a map of the United States. Mike, you're talking about border states like it matters. If you're from Maryland or you're from New Jersey, does it really matter if you go seven-hour drive to State College Yeah. or, or, or a nine-hour drive to Ohio State or Michigan? It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it does. Not I to think. me. So, yeah, so Michigan, you're right. There's a big lake. Wisconsin's to the left of them. I'm still going to say that's a border state. No talent there. Next to them no. is Minnesota. No talent there. Down there is Iowa and Illinois. No talent there. Indiana's below them. No talent there. And Ohio, loaded with talent, has that little team called Ohio State. So when you're Penn State, you can go up to New York. You can go into New Jersey. You can go down to Virginia and Maryland and D.C. and get kids there. You can even go into New England if you want. But Michigan has decided to go there instead and take all the kids there because that's the way to build a national championship team is with New England kids. I'm just saying Pennsylvania has... Uh, a, a, an advantage recruiting wise. Now, if you ask me this in 2010, after the NCAA knocked them around, I would say no, but they're in better shape and, and they should be the ones that should be saying we should be beating Ohio state. And they actually have beaten Ohio state, right? Yes. Like, yes. So that's why I'm saying Penn state fans do not accept what's happening. Now I'm not saying go out and get your coach fired, your own five. It's a crap year. Nobody cares wait till next year, but they should be a team with high expectations. So now I do, I do find it strange that Paterno could go into any, anywhere and get kids in state and did for decades, but Franklin is having a much tougher time. I mean, Micah Parsons was one, yeah. a few others, but regionally they don't, they don't do that great. No. Well, also the state has changed quite a bit. And the last one was USC and I don't even need to explain that. No, that's, no, it's, you know, geez. I mean, I could, I could win nine games at USC based yeah. on recruiting alone. So, but you look at the state of Pennsylvania, because I think that's, that's interesting. It's changed. Beautiful state. Well, yeah, of course. Beautiful. I mean, there's nothing better than driving from Philly to Pittsburgh and watching 85,000 dead deer carcasses on the side of the road and the same 8,000 trees go by. You need more hunters. What's that, Route 80? 80 what's the horrible route that goes from essentially southern new jersey all the way across into ohio that one road 
I don't know. I grew up by 80 and 81, so I don't know what's south of me. I didn't go. Well, whatever. There's one road that goes, and I've driven it many times, and I should know. 76? Now i got to pull up a map of Pennsylvania. I think it's 76. Why wouldn't this autocorrect Pennsylvania? Does Google not understand? Just go to maps.google.com and type in PA. I got PA now, but I, I don't know if they'll show me a... Freeway map. There we go. All right. So the horrible route is 76. It doesn't say. Probably 76. But anyways, whatever it is, it's awful. And it's yeah. not a beautiful state. It's kind of like just loaded with trees and dead deer. Yeah, sort of. You know. But they used to have a lot of talent in Pittsburgh. The Whip yes. Eagle. Remember? Terrell Pryor. Remember, like as recently as 2010, 2009 with, with uh, Robert Foster and the, the Shell kid who ended up going to Pitt and, 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 and Terrell Pryor and, and on and on, Dorian Johnson. I mean, there were some loaded big time talent out in Western PA. Um, Dan that, Marino. Uh, Marino was 100 years ago. But yes, to that point, the Whippeal for the last decade has, has really, really fallen. And then yeah. you got Philly, which rose a bit for a little while there, you know, the Sharif Floyd years. Yeah. But has dipped again. And, you know, there's not as many good in-state players as there have been in the past for him to get. But the fact that you're whiffing on McCord from Philly and Rucci from a little... Lidditz. Lidditz. That's, I, I, I looked that up once where it is. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, you know, Derek Davis from Monroeville, which is that one hurts. eventually Pittsburgh. Elliot Donald, we knew we'd go to Pitt. Uh, yeah. Jeremiah Trotter from Philly. Marvin Harrison from Philly. Those hurt. You know, uh, Naki Johnson, who's a four-star kid from Homestead. Um, Elijah Judy, you're not going to get nope. from Philly. Uh, Taishim Johnson from Philly. Lonnie White, Malvern, the only Penn State commitment in the top 10 there. You know, McMurray, PA, Peters Township, Donovan McMillan, he's going to Florida. So, yeah, they're not recruiting well, and there's not as many. And when you take a quick look back to 2010, which, of course, is going to go real fast, I could tell because my Internet's really flying. You know, Sharif Floyd, you remember Mike Hull? You remember uh, Miles Diffenbach? Uh, well, Sharif went to Florida, so we can't really count him. Right. Well, a lot of these guys are busts. That's not a good year to pick, 2009 maybe. But anyways, what my point is it's changed. It's less talent and you need more than ever to keep those kids in state and Penn State's not doing it, except for 2022. I mean, he's off to a really good start in 2022 and, and we'll see if that stays together. But goodness, he's got Drew Shelton, the number three player in state. He's got Ken Talley, the number six player in state. He's got Anthony Ivey, the number nine player in state. He's got Bo Prabula number 13 player in the state committed. So they're off to a good start. But again, Penn State fans, you should not really be accepting this. You should be uh, every three, four years, you should beat Ohio State, win your division and go off to the national championship. Michigan fans, just have fun finishing third. That's the way it is. I mean, Ohio really, I'm not, it's not itself. slander. It's not trolling. It's life. So all right, let's look at this weekend's games, shall we? Okay, let's do it. Iowa State and Texas. Now, we're not picking these games because I do that with Woody, and I'll do that tomorrow against the spread because I'm 
really how good. are you doing ats mike i horrible i'm i suck and you mentioned something about the public money but you never answer my questions when i text you on a saturday and i say who's got the public money give me a lock i was at the winery this past saturday iowa state was the lock last week no doubt about it iowa state is the lock this week against texas they're a very good football team, and I'll tell you why. 60% of the bets, the tickets, are on Texas. Yeah. 82% of the money is on Iowa State. Vegas is all over. The smart guys are on Iowa State. So you want Vegas. Yeah, so what you want to do is you want to go to, you want to, go to any site you like where you can see the ticket percentages and the money percentages. And the, you want the ticket percentages to be high one way, but the money to be high on the other team. That big disparity. Yeah, that means a lot of people, the suckers, are betting, the public is betting one way, but the money is flowing the other way. So you go to you, Ve you pick Vegas. Yes, of course. Okay. I don't, I you don't, never follow the public. I don't gamble. The masses are asses. Did you ever hear that saying, Mike? No, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I still think Texas is going to win, but I'm stupid, you know, and, and I was accused of this week and, and rightfully so of being just one of those blue blood morons, you know, mm -hmm. that just looks at a game and says, well, gee, look, Texas and Iowa state, the line's one and a half. They both have two losses. Of course, Texas is going to win. They're the bigger program. And I did that with uh, Michigan and Rutgers. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I said, geez, I don't know what the line was, 13 and a half or something like that. I'm like, of course Michigan's going to cover. Of course they're going to yeah, I think it was only like nine at the, at the beginning of the but, week. You know, they beat them 66 to three or something like that a few years ago. I'm like, this, you know, this isn't even a, a consideration. And, and the person who was mocking me, who's a Rutgers fan, mm -hmm. you know him, Mark Pashonik, a friend of mine. Yeah. He said, you are, you're the problem. It's you and your blue blood, blood mentality. You go bet Michigan uh, to cover let me know how that works for you. And I did, and I lost because they beat him barely in double overtime by six points, thanks to Cade McNamara, who you clearly underrated. One game against Rutgers. Let's give it some time. <laughs> One game against Rutgers. Wasn't there a kid? There's another bust out west that I was going to rag on you about. Michigan honestly should have won that game 35-10. It should have been Michigan. Okay, first of all, they don't use Charbonnet anymore. I don't know why. They stayed with Milton for this long. I don't know why. And Rutgers was running up and down the field on your vaunted Don Brown defense. Well, and, and name, yep. name a wide receiver at uh, Michigan. Ronnie Bell, Roman Wilson, and Giles Jackson. Yeah, those are all great receivers that everybody in the country knows. Like, <laughs> I get them confused a lot with Devontae Smith and Tylen Wallace and, and right. you know, Elijah Moore at Ole Miss. Like, those just roll off the tongue. And then you mentioning these tremendous sure-handed receivers that yeah. really one of them is known for dropping passes and the other two are known for nothing. Yes. That could be part of the problem. And, you know, the Tariq Blacks of the world, how about Tariq? black i mean he he gets to play for harbaugh and herman yeah that's that's the one-two punch right there <laughs> um and then and, and you know donovan people's jones never developed and blah 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 i mean they got a lot of problems in michigan but we're, we're really going deep on michigan i don't know how we even All right, what other there. games this week you want to talk about? So i like texas but notre dame north carolina i think is a trap game for for notre dame um they're missing a couple offensive linemen uh, North Carolina's offense is good. Their defense is horrendous. 
The over Red. 67, take the over, by the way. You like um, the over in that game? I like the over. Because North Carolina, even if, let's say, okay, so Notre Dame wins, they're going to have to beat them by putting up 40 points. Which hasn't been a problem. I think they scored over 40 in their last three games. Which is okay. And if they win 40 to 32, you cover. So, yeah. Because North Carolina will fall behind most likely and then start throwing a ball around and Sam Howell will throw for five touchdowns and his team will lose because their defense is horrible. But I like teams like – I like Notre Dame in a spot like this because North Carolina is going to make a mistake or two and North Carolina's defense can't stop Notre Dame. So – Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying it's a trap game. I'm not saying they're going to lose it. It's a trap game. But I thought the BC game is a trap game too. And yeah. they ended up throttling them. So, you know, what do I know? But that's a good game. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of great games this weekend. So we got to latch on to the ones that we do like. Um, and, you know, Auburn, Alabama, of course, the Iron Bowl is another good game. I, Alabama favored by 24 and a half, which is – it's very, very funny to me because – yeah, we know Auburn shouldn't be five and two, and they should have two losses that they don't have. But twenty-four and a half in a rivalry game against Auburn—anything could happen game. in that game. Anything. Rivalry game. So right, the bets are split fifty-fifty. Okay, so let let's let me let me quiz you, and you tell Let's me on the money. All right, go ahead. Public. Okay, the bet the tickets are split 50-50. Auburn is 60-40 on money. Who should you bet? Auburn. Yes, very good, Mike. What website are you using? Don't tell me out loud. Just can you text it to me, please? Yeah, it's a very valuable website. Okay, so you... here's here's a perfect example All right. of what I'm talking about. Go ahead. The Penn State Michigan game. 62% of tickets on Michigan, but 70% of the money on Penn State. Penn State. Exactly. That should be an automatic. Don't even think about it. Just bet Penn State because you want to bet against the public. Okay. So actually, instead of sending me the website, can you just send me who to pick? Yeah, for a, for a nominal fee. Because yeah, you, nominal fee. you get to keep your job. Oh. And you'll get a good review. <laughs> oh, thank you. Of course, we know I have no power over either of those things. But Either of those things. It yeah. would be great if you just sent me, like, you know, these are the teams to pick, so I don't have to do this research myself. So if you do that, that would be nice of you. Um, okay. What I'll do is I'll allow you to double byline an article that you wrote 95% of. You know what my lock of the week is? You didn't like that joke? I, did, I didn't like it because I'm so bitter about how much I write and then double <laughs> byline. It's you, no also money. you don't understand instructions instructionally what we're what we're coming out with on wednesday is the the top 65 teams uh power five teams from ranking them one to 65 i was i was on that text conversation it, it was clear to me and knowing my editor and my boss he didn't want like a huge paragraph on each one but it's not a huge paragraph. It's two sentences explaining what is going on in the in the. In the At season. least three for sixty-five. Can you do three times sixty-five for me? What what does that multiply out to? One ninety-five. That's a lot of lines. Right. You're gonna be scrolling forever. So they're gonna get this file because I'm gonna finish it after this. They'll probably get it around eight o'clock Eastern time, and they are going to take the biggest crap in their pants because they're gonna be like, "What are we gonna do with this?" Well, and I'm just going to, I'm going to shrug. I'm going to say Gorney, you know, I mean, I could whittle your stuff down. 
But no, it's hard enough to put it. I don't understand why it matters. You're not, so what? So you're scrolling down, big deal. Yeah, they don't like that. And, and it's a lot of copy and paste for me. So um, this one you did, you know, obviously all the writing, but I have to put them in one to 65 and there's a lot of cut and paste involved because you wrote so much. So after number one, Alabama, who's the second best team in the country? Uh, Ohio State. Not Notre Dame? No. No, I don't think so. I, I got, again, you know, it'll, this, this will come out after that anyways, but yeah, I put Ohio State two and Notre Dame three and then Clemson four and then A&M five and then Florida six. And then after that, it got a little tricky, but I'll tell you where it gets tricky because then you run into Cincinnati and BYU and we're not doing, we're doing only power fives. It gets yeah. tricky and ugly when you've got, you know, Iowa at 23. Yeah, like yeah. I can't even imagine what I'm going to get when I look into the fifties and I haven't got there yet, but it's, it's, it's going to be hideously ugly. I mean, oof, there's just so many bad teams this year and there's so few good ones. And I don't know. It just feels like that's this year more than any other year. Yeah. Um, you know, but maybe that's parody. Maybe that's what we're headed up. What was the lock you were going to tell me before I interrupted you? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, come on. I need the money. It was Penn, Penn State with Michigan we were talking about. and, and so UAB said, looks like it would be a lock. 42% on UAB, but 90% of the money. Who the hell are they even playing? Southern Miss. How am I supposed to know that? If you, if you just looked at this website, Oregon State is a, is a stone-cold lock. Against the Ducks? Yes. Well, that's Civil War, man. The Bets, 75% of the money. Yeah, it's two two touchdowns, Civil War. I mean, these rivalry games. So that's a 31-21 kind of game, you know? Yeah, yeah. and 24 and a half is a lot for Alabama to lay down. Now, last week I bet Alabama laying 32 against Kentucky, and I, I didn't even have to look at the score. I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Kentucky was missing like three guys at each defensive position, and I'm just like, okay, that's free money. I should have bet my house, but I'm not brave enough to do that. But, you know, I don't know if Alabama is going to – gonna boat race you know i screwed that up last week on our uh on our picks me and woody were doing picks and i said that clemson was gonna motorboat florida state which apparently i mean i know what it means but doesn't mean the same thing as boat race no no those are two different things yeah yeah and, and i kind of know that but i thought there was still like a a, a clean football version of motorboating well, the thing is, Clemson is so much better than the sorry, pitiful Florida State team. They, they probably could have motorboated them, too. <laughs> Imagine. Um, so, so, anyways, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking Auburn is the pick there getting 24 and a half. But, but I should. What I should do, it's Tuesday. We're taping oh, no, Tuesday for Wednesday. I should jump on it now because that line's going to go down, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think public money will come in on Alabama. Oh, so I, if I wait, I could get 26. Better number. Ah. Yeah, you probably get an even better number. Right now, the money is slightly on Auburn. But do you trust Auburn against this Alabama team? I don't. That no. might just be a stay off game and be a. It could be 35 10, you know, and it, the line closes at 26 and you get screwed, even though. Yeah, Alabama but it's, it's a 330 CBS game, so that's not a stay off game. For you? I can't not bet on that i mean it's on television and see what you should do is sort of adopt the loser mentality that i have is 
any game that's on national television, probably don't bet. That's the games that Vegas really wants you to bet, that they've really thought about. Look at UAB Southern Miss. Look at Coastal Carolina, whoever they're playing this week. Look at F FAU Middle Tennessee State, and then flip the ticket and money, and then they pay out just the same, Mike. Mm, you're right. You're right. And you know what? If Someone I bet, but me. it's illegal in California, so I do not do that. Well, it's illegal in Connecticut, too, so I don't either. So what somebody told me also is that the nail biters pay as much as the easy ones. And I said, that's crap, man. I don't like that attitude at all. Like, you know, Alabama won 66 to three. And uh, I forget what the other game was that came in. That was just Iowa state, Kansas state. That was my big winner. See, I took Kansas state because I'm stupid now, you know, because I looked at the numbers. Like I looked at this, this ATS, you know, they're 11 and one at home or something or on, no, on the road, they're 11 and one against Iowa state against the number since 2009 or some crap like that. I looked at these stupid numbers and I just, yeah. I knew Kansas state blue and they have no quarterback right. and, and I still picked them and they lost 45 to nothing. So, but there was one I was really nail biting that, that cost me a lot of like agita. And you know, it what bothered me on Saturday is <clears throat> I was at the winery in Temecula because it was my 40th birthday weekend. And I'm looking at my phone and it's 35-7 Ohio State. And I'm like, yes, great. Indiana, I thought was a fraud and isn't a fraud. But then I look at my phone, it's 35-14. And I go, all right, all right. Still got him 20 and a half. I'm okay. Then it's 35-21. Then it's 42-21. And I'm like, okay, back to good. And then it's 42-28 and then 42-35 and down went the vino. I took, I took uh, Indiana. I believe, I believe in the fighting Tom Allen's. And when they went down seven, nothing, when Ohio state scored within like the first like four plays yeah. and then they fumbled and Ohio state had the ball inside the 30. I'm like, Oh no, this yeah. could be 60 to nothing. But the fighting Tom Allen's man, they yeah. fight, they fight, they fight. So I won that one. The one I'm talking about is the Thursday night game. I think it was Arizona and Seattle. Okay. So, Oh, you're betting NFL too? Yeah. Yeah, that's a dangerous I'm world stupid. to be in. I'm stupid. But that one was a nail biter. And the, re the only reason that I won that one was because uh, there was a holding in the end zone for a safety and, and, and I was, you know, sweating that one out and dying. And, and, and then there's Kentucky, Alabama and, and, and my buddy's saying to me, they all pay out the same, man. I go, no, they don't. Cause you lose, you lose life. You lose Someone would say that is life, being excited and to have no, to live for me. I have to play. No, nah, I can't have my heart rate above 90. No, that's what you need to have. Your no, heart no, no. Rate I don't it. think it should be above 90 ever. How about this one, Mike? I had Cincinnati. You had Cincinnati against UCF. That's a tough one. I was going to take Cincinnati, too, because the line was seven, right? Yeah, but they, they were going to score with, like, less than a minute, and they were could walk it in, and the guy fell right down. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That's, tough. that's uh, a tough one to swallow. No, there's a lot of those too. I mean, because you know, there's there's a lot of them where they, where they won't kick a field goal at the end, and the, you know, yep. like you're just like you're like you're at the twenty. Don't take a knee. Don't take a knee. Just kick the field goal. Any of the field goal, and then we'll take, you know they won't kick the field goal. Or the worst is like you said, a guy runs out of bounds or, or or goes down on purpose just to run out the clock, and you're like, oh my god. And that never ever ever used to be a thing. You remember? Ever? Yes. 
Right? Like, can you ever remember in the in the nineties or even in the early two thousands, like a Todd Gurley type of running back, like sliding at the one? No, 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 no. Never. They and I don't always know, wanted those fantasy points. I don't know who came up with that idea and who came up with that logic. You know, and Penn State lost a game because Devin Ford didn't do it this year. And and Todd Gurley yeah. didn't do it this year for Atlanta. Whoever did, though, is is a gambler because I think they, f- they rigged it and fixed it. So they said, you know, okay, this is a new thing. We're, we don't want to score – yeah, it's almost like I, we can't we can lose if we score but if we keep the ball you can't have it and you can't win yeah but there's 20 seconds left and you're up by what 10 yeah you know or, or whatever it is like it's insurmountable and it would take a miracle and all of a sudden the, the the nobody cared about the miracle back then and now all they care about is the miracle and i guess that's because miracles have been happening like the indiana game so but that that hurts a lot, yeah. When, when miracle in the sense that it was a completely wrong call and has has completely tanked Penn State season. Goodness, whatever. That's the reason they're on five because that call. Right. They're on five because they don't have any talent. Where's they're the They're on five because something's going on there that I don't know, but I will speculate that the players and the offensive coordinator and James Franklin are completely not on the same page well, i'm gonna find out i got a mole yeah you need to work your sources no, I, got, I got a mole and i found out you know the whole the the you know don't report this you know james franklin don't report this uh you know the whole hazing thing and all right absolute garbage crap my mole says just made up you know and and, and brought out again at the time when the program is at its lowest just to just to try to get the attention you know so so anyways penn state i'll find out what's wrong there and uh i'll get back to you on that because i know that's your team the last game i wanted to talk about was colorado and usc yes so colorado's two and oh usc's three and oh colorado okay now at, at ucla carl durrell was horrible right well, I don't know if he was horrible, but Should I look up his record. Yeah, I will. He. I'll, he I'll look it up. Carl. Carl De, see, I don't have like auto finish on this. Here, he was. This is my home computer that my wife uses, so I don't have autocomplete on it because, as you've seen in the famous Tosh Point oh stand up, if you type in A, Google's just gonna run with it and take you to a site that my wife doesn't want to see, so it's not on. That's your search history, not not the uh, auto. No, it's it's the little bar thing. It's Google. Because if I type in A, I gotta type in the rest of it. It doesn't like auto suggest. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. Yes. I can't have that because yeah. Google takes this leap. Like, oh, he's typing in A. It's got to be that Asian site again. You know? Like, no, I want to look at something else. So Carl Durrell, I had to type in all the way he was 35 and 27 at ucla six and seven six and six ten and two yeah which was good to finish third in his division that's a tough division now nah, there was no division back then bro oh, oh yeah 2005 he was third in the pack 12 and that was the height of usc i'd be curious who was number two though that year who would you guess would be number two in the pack 12 back then pack 10 i mean pack 10 back then is there a way to find that out I don't know. I don't know how to find that. It had to be like Stanford, right? 
probably. Yeah. No, they were terrible back then. 2005. I would guess like Washington or maybe like one of those years that Arizona State was really good. I got it. I got it. Hold on. The Ducks, baby. Seven really? Seven and two that year. Was that like a Keeley Smith or Joey Harrington? It could have been. Let's see. Senior quarterback, Kellen Clemens. Oh, nice. And a new spread offense. Wasn't he a first-round pick for the Jets? He was not. Oh. He was never picked in the first round. I'm sorry. That's good. Every first-round quarterback ever picked, I know. And he was not. So, I don't know. But that's a game. That's going to be an interesting game. I mean, I think, you know, obviously USC has the advantage. um, But this is going to be a rested uh, Colorado team after the cancellation against Arizona State. And like they're surprising. Tell, you like me to tell you how to bet that game. Yes, tell me. The, the, the Vegas money is on. Let me see what the line is. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. Where's the line? Okay, I have it. So the, it is 50-50 split, 90% of the money on Colorado. That is an automatic Colorado bet. They're getting 12 and a half. I know the players on USC, and I know the players on Colorado. If USC comes to play, that's a 42-17 game. Yeah, but they're not going to come to play. Yeah. Vegas says no. Yeah, could be. But does Vegas tell them not to play? No, absolutely not. Does Vegas say to Slovis, like, listen, you guys can win, but. No, I think think what happens, like, this is why people get driven crazy by USC. And not only betting them, just watching them is they come from behind in a miracle to beat Arizona State. They look terrible, come from behind to beat Arizona, then go to Utah and play really well against a team that hadn't played. But it's tough to win at Utah at night, whatever. Then they're like, okay, everything's back to normal. We're right, good. We don't have to try. Bad week of practice. Colorado comes in hungry because all those kids weren't recruited by USC. Yeah. And this is quickly a 28-17 kind of game. Yeah, yeah, which covers the 12 and a half line. All right, you're going to have to send these to me. Okay. We'll wrap it up here. I started watching a new show, though. Have you seen oh, Ted? I did, too. I did, too. Ted Lasso? Have you heard of it? No, I, no, I don't watch that. You should. It's hilarious. So, um, Is it guy, funny, like, in, like, your sense of humor sense, or is it actually, like, funny? No, it's actually funny. It's not, like, twisted, sick, gross humor. It's funny. Yeah. So it's the guy who was in um, Horrible Bosses. Um, yeah, Jason Sudeikis. Yes. And he's playing, you know, they had that com- the commercials with him as the coach from North Dakota. You know, they were running during the college football playoff. Um, and so he's a, he's a coach of a Division II football national championship winning team. And he's hired by the Premier League by a, a team in the Premier League. It's like Major League. So the, oh, okay. the, the woman inherits the team from her husband. She hates him. She wants to run it into the ground because that's all he loves is the soccer team. So she hires this moron from North Dakota and his buddy, Beard, who's his assistant coach. And they never coached soccer before. They don't even know the rules and stuff. Okay. Hilarious. Just really well done. Absolute fun. It's Apple TV though, so I had to sign up for a, an extra subscription, but it was well worth it. So what what are you watching? What you should get is the the actual Apple TV box, and then all your apps live in one place, and it's great. You should. Well, get I got it. a Roku, so all my apps do that live in one place. But it's like a, a poor but, man's Apple TV. <laughs> well, 
I don't understand what I'm not getting an Apple TV. I mean, it's only a hundred dollars. No. All right. By the way, I'm stretching my lower back right now. It does not look like you're stretching your lower Man, back. Sitting too long is not good. So what are you watching before I get to my, uh, my helmet? Queen's Gambit. Did you see Queen's Gambit? No, but, but my buddy told me to watch that. It's on my list. It's supposed to be excellent. Excellent. Very good. Do you watch Succession? No. Is that good? Greatest show ever. Best show on TV by far. But the one we're watching now is The Undoing with Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman. It is on HBO Max. We are three episodes in and it is phenomenal. So it's current, Nicole Kidman. Yes, it's a, yes, it's a mystery. It's so You'll it's like be 50 plus, how it 50 plays plus out. year old Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I'm not a big Nicole Kidman fan. Oh, I am. But does she get naked? Those are things that I do not even consider or look at or think about in today's day and age. So I'm more into it for the acting. Right. But no, she, not that I've seen. Well, then I'm not watching it. But Hugh Grant is in it from the greatest movie of all time, Notting Hill. And Donald Sutherland is in it from the second greatest movie of all time, Cold Mountain. So it's worthwhile. All right. Well, definitely Queen's Gambit. And then The Man in a High Castle, I, I was thinking about watching too. That's just long and sort of drawn out. Yeah. You have to watch The Undoing and the set, Succession. And succession. And, you love Succession. Yeah. I'm going to show you perhaps, perhaps the best helmet in my collection. Please just, put it on because that hair is not working for me. Mike. I just got it. And yeah. short of a, a couple custom helmets that I had made, this is it. Oh boy. Look at, oh, my hair is horrible. Yeah, oh, it's just not God. good. Yeah, Ugh. it's not good. Horrible. Look at that. Not good at all. Oh my God, that's the prettiest thing ever. The colors clash, they're all together. Oh. You don't know, even know what you're looking at. No, 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 no. Look at how gorgeous that is. See if I can fit. I think they, ugh, I don't know. Oh no, my God. <laughs> You're turning red. Okay, so this must be the kicker's helmet. Yeah. My, my head is a uh, wild size. I have a big, yeah, why would this be so small? I have a big head, but not this big. So, but look at how pretty this is. So this is, when they first came out with this, you remember it was a Monday night against who did they play? Monday night. Oh, yeah. Monday night football to open the season against a particular team when Maryland was in the ACC. What team would that be? North Carolina. Miami. Miami plays on Monday night to open the season all the time. You should know that. All right. Hold on. What do you say? So Mar Maryland played Miami on a Monday night like 10 years ago. Yeah. And they rocked these, the, you know, the whole – East Coast Nike Under Armour yeah. thing. And I saw these, and these were like the first non-Oregon alternate helmets. Mm -hmm. And I hated them. I'm like, I was a traditionalist. I'm like, this sucks. This looks stupid. It looks awful. Ten yeah. years later, I absolutely love this. I think it's amazing. I don't like it. I like when they used to have the big, like, fighting terrapin on their helmet. I have no idea why that's so tight. Oh, my God. The padding is like, that's the padding. So that's like normal, right? Yeah, that's normal. And then the top is normal with like that little air thing on the 
the top right. side. It's a speed helmet, but I don't understand. Or flex, I don't know the difference, but I don't understand why it's so tight. But anyways, that is, I'm going to show this more than once because it is so pretty. I mean, it's, it's okay. so gorgeous. So now I got to get this out to my man, Stefan Diggs, and have him sign it. Oh, hold on. I can't reach my hat. Got it. I think we can wrap it up. I think so, too. That was no a pretty figurine, No figurine today? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's get a number one guy. Oh, my back. Let's see if we can name this gentleman. Mike, your back hurts because your chair is way too inclined. You're, you're sitting hunched over all day. No, I got to fix it. Somebody did that. They haven't fixed it. But you're right. I'm like this. Well, it's more my butt than my back. Mm. Who is that? Okay, so. That's Warren Moon. Nope. I can't tell that. It's hard because the lighting, you know? Like yeah, I have no idea. Don't do that. Oh, um, hmm. No idea. Show you the helmet. No clue. No clue. This is, and remember, these are... Yes, these are custom-made number one player in the countries out of high school. There you go. So this is my man, Vince Young. Back in 2002, was the number one player in the country. That one at least looks sort of like him. Well, what one didn't? The one that you showed me that looked like Sean Charles Henderson. That was Ernie Sims. Yeah, Ernie Sims is like should be much shorter. He's like five nine. No, well, the Ernie Sims was taken from a. Um, what they do is they take a, a, a regular player and then they paint them. So this was Derek Brooks, and then they just you know they paint him over. So that's oh. a linebacker. Oh. He's not six eight, so. But yeah, um, anyways, that was fun. There's so many toys in here, it's really great. But that Maryland helmet, man, that is smooth. Oh, and you know, prayers up um, for all, all the people with COVID, all the coaches with COVID, and Mike Loxley, who has also been diagnosed positive for COVID. Hmm. Um, you know, Terps, Rock, you're having a good season. And I'm sure he'll be fine, but uh, that is the best helmet I think I even have in my collection. So, all right, all right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay, sounds good. Um, it's the number one, so don't worry. All right, uh, at Adam Gorney on Twitter. Yes. At Rivals Mike and uh, at Rivals Godfather on Instagram as well. So follow us. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, this wasn't too long. It was like an hour though. Yeah, too long. Too long. All right. See ya.